Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Today's guest is Christy Barnes. Christy is the event coordinator at Mary Rutan Hospital. She's president of the fair board here in Logan County. She is the co-founder of Daisies by Design, a group for women that discusses depression and anxiety. Christy is a mom, a grandmother. She belongs to the Middleburg Church and does so much for them. And Christy is just a great friend to have. Today, she has very graciously agreed to share her journey of depression and anxiety. She was very courageous to share this with us, and her story is difficult, but it is one of hope. Welcome, Christy. We're so glad that you could be here today. Why don't you start out telling us your story, what, when you started to notice things and what was going on for you? All right. Thank you. Um, During that time, I was uh, a divorced uh, woman and had three children. They were, there were two teenage girls and then an elementary aged daughter. And uh, so lots of, lots of activity going on there. Lots of running and things that moms do. Um, Seemed to uh, feel like I had a lot of responsibility at that time, you know, not just the girls, but taking care of the home and um, involved with church activities and fair activities, being um, on the fair board as a director, um, lots of things going on there. And then due to um, truly some financial hardships, I had started working uh, a second job uh, through the winter months. Uh, to earn some extra income and deal with that. So um, at that point, I was really running from the time I got up until the time I went to bed. I would go to my regular job until five o'clock and go home and change clothes and, you know, go right back to the next job and be there until it was essentially time for bed. So there was no downtime for you with no three downtime. children and work, working two jobs. Right. No downtime uh, whatsoever. Yeah. Um and, and I have to, I mean, looking back, uh, can see that I really didn't have a tribe, if you will, you know, a group of folks who, who uh, supported each other. Um, you know, I, I had a couple close friends that I could call on occasionally, but I'm the type of person that I don't want to burden anybody. Um, so um, a lot of it, I just kept fe- feeling this continual energy, lots and lots of energy. Um, but it, it wasn't necessarily energy. It was more anxiety of right. keeping up with everything. And then it just, there was a point that I noticed that it's strange to say that I just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have days where nothing went right. Um, I would constantly drop things. I would mess up um, orders. I worked in, you know, a pizza shop and, yeah. and things like that. It's just like nothing could go right. And it just, I could not understand why, why I couldn't get it together. Yeah. Um, it was very strange. It was difficult to process thoughts. Um, right. and, uh, like I said, the energy, uh, I had lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't eating well at all. Um, I was just essentially burning up everything, 
that I had. Mm -hmm. And um, then I also started to be uh, where I couldn't sleep at all. Yeah. At all. Um, You know, I thought part of it was just my mind racing and thinking about all the things that I needed to do. Um, I was also involved in a in a toxic relationship at the time that oh. contributed to a lot of things. Um, so I was my mind was uh, constantly on um, trying to understand that relationship and asking all the whys. You know, right. why would someone treat me like that, or why would somebody say something like that to me? Um, and so when I went to bed at night and things were quiet that's when I would think on, on that stuff. And I would it truly ruminate mm-hmm. um, on that. And my mind just kept going around and around and around um, to the point that I was not sleeping at all. I went for a period of about six weeks Ugh. where I had less than three hours sleep a night. And even those times that I, that I was sleeping, it wasn't restful right. at all. It was kind of in, you know, just fits and spurts and um you know I I would feel myself doze off but then just you know startle awake again right and And, your mind is yep and then the mind would just start going again and um it was a vicious cycle of that um I truly don't know how I kept um functioning right yeah six weeks with three hours of sleep I don't know how you were functioning either but that explains you know not being able to put thoughts together right so when did you decide that that you could tell there was enough wrong you needed to get help? Well, there was actually actually a um, an incident, if you will, or situation. Um, I was in bed, I was asleep, I was going through some of that, you know, sleeping and waking, and um, it it was almost like something within me exploded. Wow! And I sat up and I started screaming. I um, just started saying all kinds of things about not being um, worthy that I was that I was bad that um, you know that that people were better off without me. Um, and this is in the middle of the night, so your girls are home. Um, actually, only one, my youngest. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah. My youngest was the only one home. Um, my oldest was in college. My middle one had moved to North Carolina at the okay. time. That's right. I had forgotten that. Mm-hmm. And so my youngest was home. Um, somehow in the midst of that, I, I feel like I, I knew things were building um, mm-hmm. because um, I had um, some pain medication mm-hmm. um, in the bedside drawer that I had kept quite honestly, hidden from my children uh-huh. to protect them. Right. But my thoughts kept going to that. And and I had enough wherewithal that I thought, you know, this is not a good thing, having this here. Right. And through the course of one of those days, I um, just dumped it all down the toilet. That probably was very smart. Yes. For you to do it that. It was, and- absolutely. Um, because I had thoughts of... Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder what this would be like if I just took all these, right. you know, could I sleep? Would it make it all go away? Um, so, uh, in the midst of the, um, explosion, if you will, and all of the screaming, I managed to call, um, my dearest friend uh-huh. and, uh, had her on the phone. And of course, hearing a, you know, an out of control woman 
you know, she was very concerned and, and my daughter was just shaking me, not knowing what to do. Right. And not understanding. And she managed to call her sister who, um, didn't live far away. And, um, they all made it, um, to my house. And at that point, um, I was on the floor, um, just trying to get as low as I could get. I remember, you know, just being curled up. And for whatever reason, I felt like I had to be on the floor. Mm -hmm. I just had to be down. Um, But you were all, I find that interesting because you were also yelling that you weren't worthy. Right. And I wonder if that's, I mean, there's no way to know. No, but I think that was part of it. I I just, you know, if you want to think about sinking into nothingness, um, that's kind of where I was at. And, um. Um, my daughter had also brought uh, a dear family friend with her when she came. And uh, I remember um, Catherine, my friend, just trying to pick me up. She kept forcing me to stand up. Mm-hmm. She's like, you have got to stand up. You can't be on the floor. And finally got to the point that they were able to to get me on a chair and just get me settled down. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of... Um, the beginning um, of another part of the journey, but um, um, that's kind of when everything came to a head and it was like, okay, there's something really wrong. Right. Up till this moment, Mm -hmm. were your friends or your daughters or anyone, uh, did they notice anything different about you or was this just internal with you? It was completely internal. Okay, so this was very shocking to everyone. Yes, it was. Um, And and of course, you know, they felt bad that perhaps they hadn't noticed something that they should have. But, um, you know, women tend to, you know, tuck all that stuff down. Yeah, you're pretty strong, too. And uh, (laughs) so (laughs) um, I could see you hiding it well. (laughs) Right, right. We just keep going because we got to. There's no, yeah. Yeah, there's no alternative. Um, So, yes. And then um, once I got settled down, my friend ended up staying with me um, through the night, and um, we were able to see a doctor fairly soon, um, thanks to some local help. I mm-hmm. mean, we've we've got good services around here. We do. Um, the Mental Health Drug and Alcohol Services Board, uh, we know some folks there, and, um, you know, they were just kind of brought into the loop um, and helping getting some appointments right away. But there were... Um, and, and the timing and the order of some things just are very unclear to me. Yeah, I'm sure. Still, today. Um, but my friend Catherine had ended up staying with me every night uh, for several days um, because I wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. I would, I remember, um, and, and we both slept on the couches in my living room so she could be close to me. And I just... I remember I would get up and I would go to her and I I would just be, um, you know, patting her to wake up, telling her that I, you know, I needed something. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do this. I I just, I I need something. And she would have to calm me down. Yeah. Um, We tried some, um, the soothing music, Uh which was helpful because that gave me something to focus on other than my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that went on for some time, and um, thought I was doing better, to the point that um, 
she wasn't staying with me. Um, but I only, I believe that was only for maybe a day or two. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that when I couldn't go to work, um, obviously that just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Right. I tried, but uh, it didn't happen. And um, I remember thinking, I don't know why, you know, necessarily it was uh, that next day, but I felt like I had to prepare for something. Um, in the midst of some of these thoughts, I was starting to um, have paranoia mm-hmm. yeah. and feeling um, like people were out to get me. That's, that's the only way I can say it, mm-hmm. that there were people who wanted to do me harm. Um, and not necessarily physical harm, but just um, harm to my reputation, harm um, you know, to my family life, um, that there were just people that just didn't like me and you know, wanted, wanted to make me feel bad. Yeah. Did you know who they were? Yes. You had ideas in your head. Okay. I did. I did. Okay. Um, and so for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to escape from where I was at in my home and, and go to a friend's house where I lived right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, good friends. And I just felt like I need, I could be safe mm-hmm. there. Right. Um, and I let them know that ahead of time. I said, you know, I, I just feel like I need to be there, that it's comforting and, you know, things would be okay. And so I did that, but I didn't tell anyone else yeah. <laughs> that I was going there. And um, I'm not sure. I just started having the anxious feelings again and pacing. Yeah. And I really don't know what it was all about, but um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, lived just down the road from, from this home. And uh, she had sent me a picture of her puppy saying... Um, you know, I can send you my, my dog for some puppy love. And for whatever reason, that, that snapped in me. And I hung up. I started crying. I started looking mm-hmm. for something to hurt myself. So you were suicidal. I was. Yeah. And nobody knew where you were. No. And yet here you sit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there had to be a miracle working there right so go Um, ahead and continue and so I was I um I had enough sense again to call my friend and she was trying to talk me down Mm -hmm. and I hung up Mm -hmm. I just hung up um which of course (laughs) um caused her to be horribly frightened yeah and she was able to get a hold of my daughter. And um, when they went to the house, I wasn't there. Right. I had got in my car and I just started driving. So you left your friend's house? I did. Okay, okay. And I started driving and I really didn't know where I was going mm-hmm. or what I wanted to do. Um, but just before that, I had tried to get myself. Oh my gosh. I had done that. Um, but While what, you were at the house? What, when I was at their house. So was there evidence of that for them to find when they got to the house? No, there so wasn't. That's, that's good and for them. It was, it was that reason mm-hmm. 
that I left because I didn't want to do that there. Okay. Because it was a place of comfort for you or? I was there because it was a place of comfort. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't want them to have to live. To find you. Okay. Right. So you were still, while you're driving. Yes. You're still on a path towards suicide in your mind. Okay. Yes. Um, And so my friend, uh, she couldn't find me. My daughter couldn't find me. They were driving around looking. Um, Had actually gotten to the point that they had called um, law enforcement Mm -hmm. to be on the lookout. I ended up back home. Okay. Just home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember getting a knife and just sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. Just sitting. Just numb Mm -hmm. to the whole thing. Yeah. And thankfully, thankfully, I ended up, I was able to call um, my friend and let her know that I was at home. And they ended up there. And, um, of course, took the knife away from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and said... First order of business. <laughs> yeah. And said, you know, um, it's time. Mm-hmm. We need more help. Right. And so this takes me back to my point about how strong you are. Because you were you were sitting on the verge of suicide. Yes. And you had the knife in your hand, and no one knew where you were. Right. And yet, you were you were able to reach out to your friend, and and she was able to come in and help you. So I, I think that's so important for people to hear. Yes. Because, um, you were. I mean, probably as far as you can get in into oh, it absolutely. Without, without doing it. Absolutely. And something in you allowed you to to call your friend and, and get the help that you needed. So then did you get help that night? What what was the next steps for your um, recovery? Um, I did get help that night. I went um, they had taken me to the to the dot back to the um, of course I was in a crisis situation and so Very I was able so. to get in to see someone right away and um, determined that hospitalization was obviously right the next step um, you know you made mention of um, what I was thinking and, and what kept me from taking that next next step and it was truly my children mm-hmm. yeah. I just I just kept thinking of them right right your young girls. Yes. Some of them grown up, but still yes. young. <laughs> and just knowing that, you know, that wasn't fair to them. Mm-hmm. They didn't deserve that. Yeah. So you went to the hospital? I did. And how long were you there? What, what? It was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, um, actually it was Dublin, Meth- uh, not Dublin Methodist, Dublin Springs. Okay which is a mental health facility. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. In Dublin. Um, Got right in. Thankfully, I think um, because of um, having friends at the Mental Health Drug and Alcohol Services Board, Mm -hmm. I was able to get in quickly. Thankfully, they had an opening. Um, I recall there being um, some struggle with them in determining 
where I should go within the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, They have um, kind of a a drug and alcohol uh, recovery type of wing. They have a um, depression and anxiety wing. And then they have one that is um, more for the psychotic situations. Mm -hmm. And um, just because I had these this this paranoia this notion mm-hmm. that people were out to get me um i was out of control with that i mm-hmm. just kept trying to convince people that they had to do something right i know they had to do something because things back home were in place that people were going to do things mm-hmm. and it was going to be awful yeah and you know they couldn't make sense to, of that obviously um and so uh, i ended up in the uh the psychiatric section of the hospital. So um, uh, the the particular wing that I went to, of course, never having any kind of experience of what a place like this is like, um, it was just it was just interesting uh, the dynamics of it, the structure of it. Um, but I I feel it was a blessing because. I feel like there were people watching over me. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily, you know, the staff or um, there were, there were certain moments that I would connect with another patient there Mm -hmm. that words that were said, the, the, the twinkle of an eye told me that they were more than just somebody that was there as a patient. Right. Um, and there was a group of us who, for whatever reason, um, kind of clung together. And it was the most diverse group of people I think you could ever imagine. Um, all ages, all backgrounds, all different situations. Um, and the thing was, we didn't talk about our problems. We ate meals together and it was just normal. Oh. That's um, interesting. It was. It was. I mean, it was truly like a family um, sitting down at a meal and just talking about life. Um, and that's about the only downtime, really, that folks had to do that. Because while you're in this um, hospital, they have you constantly busy. Mm-hmm. Um with different uh, either programming or education. Um, it, it, it's just constant. Um, and you do daily goals and reviewing your goals and did you accomplish your goals and things like that right. was a daily routine. So um, not a lot of quiet downtime. So were was there medication involved with this or did they start you with um just structure and and Mm. the things that you were talking about no there was definitely medication right away okay um there's a a psychiatrist there that you know was assigned to me and um saw them daily Mm -hmm. and uh they would start off on a you know particular uh cocktail of medicine to see what happened and how you reacted to it and um, about every two days, um, they would, they would kind of evaluate to see what was happening and adjust the, you know, the dosage or the particular kind of medicine. And, um, fortunately for me, it seemed to help very quickly. Yeah. 
very quickly. Um, I think I was there for 10 days. They say typically it's seven to 10 days is Mm -hmm. your stay. Um, And I was there for, I I believe it was 10 days. Uh Um, And felt fantastic when I left. Were you sleeping while you were there? I was sleeping. So was that medication or was it? It was medication. Okay, well that's okay. It it was okay. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Right, right. Yes, there uh, there were times for medication in the morning and then also at night. Uh-huh. Um, again, it was structure, so it was lights out at a certain time, and um, the the um, giving of the medication was also timed with that, so that you know when I went to bed, I was definitely going to sleep. Good, because your your body was exhausted. Exactly, your brain was exhausted, completely so. depleted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So you were there for 10 days, Mm -hmm. and now you're going home. And now I'm going home. Were you nervous? I was. Yeah. I was definitely. Um, My middle daughter had come home Mm -hmm. from North Carolina, and uh, um, one of the beauties, I guess, of this situation is that my children clung to each other. Yeah. Um, They supported each other, and, uh, I mean, they had their own things going on that they had to deal with not just not just worrying about mom but um you know I I saw that as a good thing yeah for them to be able to do that right um so yes I went home and um I believe I was still home for a few days before I tried to go back to work um things appeared to be as normal as you know you would think that they could be um I mean, I couldn't say enough about the stay in the hospital and, um, you know, the medication and all of that. But afterwards, very slowly, I started sinking back. Okay. And not really realizing it in the beginning. Um, but over the course of several, several weeks, I say several weeks, I guess my first stay was in April. And then... Um, as I was slipping, um, I kind of, I didn't understand and folks, when I say folks, the, the doctor that I was seeing at the time, the counselors that I were seeing at the time were, were telling me that that's, that could have been my new normal. And I just kept thinking this cannot possibly be normal. Um, and so I just kept fighting. Uh-huh. and uh, kept thinking, okay, so if this is my new normal, I need to figure out how to deal with it. Um, but the anxiety continued to get worse and worse. Um, Were you having paranoia again as well, or just the anxiety? Just the anxiety. Not just, because anxiety can be right, overwhelming. Right, right. Um, I mean, there were, I, I shouldn't say the paranoia, but there was a sense of fear mm-hmm. there. I was, I was afraid of particular person um, going back to that toxic relationship um, there was fear uh-huh. in that um, and so again I was trying to learn to live with this new normal that I was supposed to be at um, not being able to do the things that I would normally do like run a meeting like organize an event. Oh yeah, that like the things that come to me second nature. Right. At this point in my life, I could not process 
how to do those things. And they were telling you this was your new normal. Oh, I could right. see where that would be devastating. It was. It was. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to work anymore. Right. I'm going to have to find a different way to, you know, provide for myself and my daughter and and those sorts of things. And um, so then in July, so not, you know, too terribly much later, um, I started having, I would wake up every single morning feeling suicidal. Every morning I had to force myself to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for whatever reason, it was only in the mornings that I struggled with those suicidal thoughts. Um, so as the day went on, you felt more... More normal, but still had the, the struggles of processing okay. thoughts. Um, but then as time went on, those suicidal thoughts became stronger. And I had decided I didn't want to live like that. Right. You know, my life was not full. It was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find any joy right. in anything. Right. And I thought, you know, between not being here or having that kind of life, um, the suicidal thoughts got stronger. Yeah. And then um, at one point I had gone back to the doctor. Um, I had convinced myself that the folks that were helping me were not helping me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had gone back to my, just my family doctor and um, really had broken down again at that point. And um, she decided it, I needed to go back mm-hmm. to the hospital. Same hospital? Same hospital. Okay. Same hospital. Um, but this time I, I wasn't in the psychiatric part of it. I was in the, uh, I want to say just the uh, anxiety and depression right. area. But this time it was, it was different in that um, I just felt like I was in this low place that was this fog, um, kind of nothingness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, not happy. Mm-hmm. Not really sad. Right. Um, just nothing. And um, So you were numb. I was very numb. Okay. Very numb. Um, and, and there wasn't, uh, folks that were necessarily paying a lot of attention to me or anything like that. I was just sort of there mm-hmm. going through the motions. And again, the doctor, this was a different, uh, psychiatrist at this time. And, and she was trying me on some different medications and they were kind of taking an edge off, if you will, but we weren't making a whole lot of progress. Right. And, um, she kept feeling reluctant to send me home, which was a good thing. Right. Um, it ended up taking closer to um, almost three weeks in the hospital that time Yeah. to bring me out of that depression enough, that low place enough um, to truly feel like I was functioning. And um, at their recommendation, they have additional um, uh, counseling if you will, or an additional program, it's almost like a step down mm-hmm. type of thing. Because when you're in the hospital, as I mentioned, you have the, the continuous education and learning and um, discussions. Uh, so in this next phase, uh, I was, I could go home, 
but I had to come back every single day. Oh, okay. And participate in a daily um, class, if you will. And um, again, learn about things, talk about, you know, why your brain does what it's doing and what the depression does to you and what the anxiety does to you and um, learning how to cope with those things in daily life. Right. Um, So I did that. I was really reluctant to do that. Um, Just a drive back and forth to Columbus every single day making that commitment. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For two weeks. Uh, but I did it, and I was glad. It was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and folks that were there were uh, in all different places in life and different circumstances. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, truly, if, if you look away from yourself and look to their lives, um, you, can, you can put some things into perspective, and um, I think that was helpful. Yeah. That but was, you have to be in a place where you can do that first. Right, and you right. Had, so you were finally seeing yes, progress. I was. Way. I was. Um, and then after that particular uh, um, program was over, then I believe I was home for still another week yet before I went back to work. Um, and, and it was a slow process. Um, the, the thing that is amazing to me is how... I could not process my thoughts right. on things that were just, you know, reactionary for me. Right. Um, how to do things. I mean, it was much, much better. Right. But still, I, I recall having to work at thinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that has all subsided. Yeah. I, I, you know, um, but it was a very strange place um, to think about having to do that right and like you said you run meetings I mean these things are second nature to you yes putting things together and, and lists and so right. that would be very very scary so let's touch on you're in a really dark place where did your faith because you are a woman of faith mm-hmm. were you able to even get there was God you know was was there a separation what where were you in your faith and was it could you ever cling to that? I couldn't. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I mean, I admit I was so busy doing everything else right. that I didn't take time um, uh, to be in touch with God. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that had just been uh, kind of put aside to get everything else done, which is not a good idea. It's not, but we all do it. We all do it. We all do it. Yes. Not with all the extra things you had, right. but it's very common for us. And if this is a good lesson absolutely, for us to know that, you know, you think, okay, I, can, I don't have time this week, but I'll get to it next week. And then yes. when you really need it to cling to, right. it's hard to right. find it again. And um, I truly believe that um, the devil was there. Oh, absolutely. Um laying in wait Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, take advantage of that opportunity Mm -hmm. of being in a low, low place. Um, You and I have talked that um, the feeling of being clawed at Mm -hmm. to bring you down, um, not just physically down, mentally down, emotionally down, um, 
truly, it, it felt like I was trying to be taken to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as, as strange if you can imagine that feeling, but um, it was a physical feeling yes. and a mental feeling. Absolutely. And um, um, very hard to turn away from. Satan used all your weaknesses against you. Absolutely. You know, being busy and, yep. and not sleeping. And, right. I think. But today. But today. You are. Life is good. Back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had a, a derby, that, a, a demolition <laughs> derby. That was your responsibility. Right. And it was a great success. It and was it a brought success. you great joy. We were talking about before mm-hmm. we started. So you're back to a place that you feel good about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your church family has really taken you under uh, mm-hmm. to take care of you when. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Watch out for you is the word Absolutely. I'm for. So absolutely. They are there. They are my they are my family. And your friend that you were talking about and your daughters, do they watch you more closely when they Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, they do watch me um, at varying degrees. Um I, uh, one daughter, I mean, and then it's the whole spectrum, right? <laughs> you know, one daughter that's like, ah, yeah, she's fine. You know, she's tough. It's okay. Um, to the youngest daughter who very much feels like she has to mother me. Mm-hmm. Well, she saw, she did. She was the only one to see that first night. Right. And so that is something that she will remember. And Absolutely. She probably looks at it a little differently. She does. She does. And, um, you know, I love her dearly for that, but you know, there's a time that yeah. that you have to realize that uh, it's okay to watch out for mom, but you don't have to always be there. Right. And mom's doing good. Mom is good. Yes. Christy, I so appreciate you sharing this story. I know it was difficult, but I also think that there's a lot of people that can gain hope. Sure. From seeing where you were, that you were mired as low as they it is possible absolutely and we're able to 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 even when you didn't think you could make good decisions there's just enough there yes to make that one phone call right that brought it all to a place that brought you christy right to the world and and you give so much to the world that it's definitely (laughs) (laughs) you you are needed you are loved and there's a there's a lot of people that um depend on you because you do so many great things. So I always ask my guests a couple of questions. The first one is, do you have a favorite scripture or passage or story in the Bible that that you're thinking of right now? Um, you know, I just, uh, not a, a particular passage. I, I admit I am not good at remembering the specific scriptures, but um, just that, you know, God will see us through. Right. Always. And that's in a whole lot of parts of yes, the Bible. Yes, it is. Of, it is. A whole lot of passages. A whole lot of passages that he, I mean, he is there and he will see us through and it'll be okay. Right. It, it will be okay. And, um, you know, as you were telling your story, I was just seeing miracle after miracle after miracle that oh, you probably, absolutely. In, in the midst of it all, weren't even aware of. But man, when you look back. Yes. They were all over. God's fingers were all over you, even if you didn't know it. And Absolutely. Such a blessing. And it is, it does give hope to others. And now that you're through all that, 
Tell me what brings you joy today. I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I have two beautiful grandchildren now. <laughs> yes, um, that you adore. Yes, I adore them, and they're amazing. And um, grandparenting is truly one of the greatest things. It is. Um, people talk about it, and you have to question and wonder, yep. but there is just something special about it. And, uh, you know, we have, we have great things to live for. We do. And uh, we just need to focus on that and remember that. Right. And uh, I am just so glad that you got the help that you needed. And um, it, it, it took a village. It did. To get you past that. And that's okay. Yes. And it's okay to understand that, that maybe what you have right now isn't getting you where you need to be. And the fact that you question that is another miracle. Because I think right. if a doctor was telling me <laughs> it was going to be the new normal, I don't know that I would question it, but you did. And now you found your joy and right. your, that life that you had before all this began. Yes, yes. So Don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't settle. Right. Exactly. Don't exactly. settle. There are, it's okay to ask questions. And I doubt that the doctors even mind because no. it's, there's just so much to our brains yes, and uh, let them figure it out. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel right the first time, don't be afraid to, to find another doctor or ask for a different medicine or whatever that takes. So, right. Thank you so much, Christy. I know that this was very difficult and you're very courageous to share this story so that other women will have the opportunity to find hope in their circumstances. Absolutely. If, if it helps one person, that's all it takes. I'm sure it will help more than one. Thank you so much. The In the Whisper podcast is sponsored by Gifts with Grace. Gifts with Grace connects caring mentors with women who need encouragement and support after experiencing trauma. Our mentors meet women where they are, and together we work towards specific goals uniquely suited just for them. Each woman also has the opportunity to grow spiritually through Bible study and express herself through the creative process of gift making. If you want to know more about Gifts with Grace, go to our webpage at giftswithgrace.org. There is so much hope in Christy's story. She found herself in the darkness of despair because of her anxiety and depression, but she was able to fight her way back. God used her friends, her family, and her doctors to help her overcome anxiety and depression. If you find yourself facing anxiety and or depression, there is help for you. I urge you to reach out to your family, to friends, or to your doctor, and they will be able to help you find what will work for you. I'm going to put some of the resources that Christy used in the show notes, so you are welcome to check those out or look locally for who, could help, who would be able to help you if you find yourself in this situation. Christy was so brave to share this story, and I hope that if it touches you, you will be able to find the help that you need. Thank you so much for listening to In the Whisper.